Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. At Jew in the City, for those of you who are longtime listeners, you know that our mission is to break down stereotypes about Orthodox Jews. And the reason that I started this really movement almost 10 years ago, it is going on 10 years for the people that say, oh, is this new? I'm like, yeah, 10 years new. Um, you know, I got on, onto social media because I was so frustrated with um, how so much of the traditional media was depicting our community. Um, and still, I'll watch you know television shows where there's the token Orthodox character who's usually the Hasidic character almost always, and they never smile. They're super serious. There's no personality. Um, it's extremely frustrating when that's sort of the um, fictional depiction again and again and again. I mean, really, the two choices we get for Jews on you know TV or movies is the Fran Drescher or Jer- Fran Drescher or Jerry Seinfeld secular Jewish character that you know likes to eat rye bread and you know makes Jewish jokes and knows a lot of doctors, or the super serious Hasid that you know has no personality and never anything in between and never anything with nuance. Um, and then, of course, the other side of the media is the real life media, which generally, often, unfortunately, captures the worst of the stories, the most extreme, the crooks, creeps, and extremists of the community. And what we're left with is. Unfortunately, not a very nuanced or detailed or positive uh, representation of the community. And that's why we got onto social media almost 10 years ago in order to show all the good stuff that often doesn't get reported. Um, But there, thank God, is a trend um, in recent years for some films, kind of some smaller budget films to come out, especially in Israel, um, which are showing a more nuanced Orthodox Jewish depiction. I think, at least as far as I'm aware, the first one that I saw sort of that I would put in this category is a film called Ushbizen, um, which was done beautifully, all in Hebrew, um, was critically acclaimed, and did not show perfect characters, perfect uh, Hasidic characters, and yet they showed human Hasidic characters and ultimately likable, um, even if they were flawed. Um, and another, uh, you know, big one in this genre is uh, Rama Burstein, um, who put out Fill the Void, um, and now uh, The Wedding Plan. We spoke to her a few weeks ago. Um, and there's a new... Um, uh, film that is uh, recently out that we're so excited to tell you more about um, and we're speaking to um, the head of the distribution company that's bringing this film to America it's called Women's Balcony um, and today we're speaking to Neil Friedman who is the president of um, Menemsha Films and uh, Neil thank you so much for joining us today thank you Allison so um, I guess if you could just start us off, you know, sometimes I'm able to preview uh, films before we, uh, you know, do an interview like this. This time I did not get to see it, but from what I can tell, from we've done some posting about this film on our channel so far. There seems to be a lot of excitement about it. So um, if you could tell our listeners, um, I've read up a little bit about it, but what is, I mean, I know what a women's balcony is. It's, uh, you know, sort of the women's section in some uh, Orthodox synagogue. Sometimes the mechitza, you know, is a dividing wall in between. Sometimes the women's section is a balcony looking above the sort of general prayer area. Um, what is this movie about, and uh, why Why did it come about? Um, it's about uh, a, a, ch- a childhood of the screenwriter. Uh, it's loosely based on her childhood, where she grew up in Jerusalem, in a Bukharin uh, neighborhood uh, and attended a Orthodox synagogue, uh, which is the basis for this film. Um, and uh, I think uh, the thing that uh, Shlomit Nehema uh, wanted to emphasize the most is is how uh, how uh, community was all one uh, or close to being all one. 
the um, that to me is the overriding uh, um, take that you get from the movie that people it, it's it's almost biblical in the sense that people really care about each other and care about the community and and or helping each other uh, led by the, uh, the the rabbi of of, uh, of the synagogue. Um, Oh, this is there's a plot line that goes from there, um, uh, which uh, takes it into uh, uh, different uh, subplot lines. But I, I think uh, you know, in the first instance, um, what I would emphasize, especially hearing what you introduced, Allison, is uh, um, the, the screenwriter's uh, I would say nostalgia and and love for uh, that community that existed in her childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, now there's so this is originally a screenplay that um, Shlomit wrote, um, and then a director. I guess so. The question is, how did it go from screenplay to being made a movie? Was was it written um, with the idea of like let's make a movie quickly, or did Shlomit write this years ago and then someone picked it up and made it happen? Kind of take us through the sort of the journey of how it went from on paper well, to both, on the screen. Yeah, both. both I guess. Um, some interesting things to say about that. Both Shlomit and Emil uh, have worked in television their entire lives, mm-hmm. um, uh, on, on, in Israeli television, writing and directing for Israeli television, uh, respectively. Obviously, Shlomit uh, as, as a writer and Emil as a director. Um, ironically, uh, uh, they were once married and had two children, and have mm. two children. Um, and the film got made uh, after they were no longer married. Uh, and uh, um, Shlomit wrote uh, the um, basic storyline uh, of the film based on her childhood experience, and I think uh, Emil uh, rewrote part of it, uh, obviously with her involvement, and uh, added some things to make it uh, a film that would be uh, something that would work on a, in, a, in a theater or, or a cinema on, you know, on a broader level. And by the way, um, I think it's really important to emphasize um, they really succeeded at that because this film is the, the most successful film in Israel in the cinemas in the last three years. Hmm. Um, 450,000 people went to see this film. Uh, the, the, the reference in, in Israel is not to dollars but admissions. In other words, there are 450,000 Israelis that paid to see it, or 450 admissions that were, were paid. I mean, people could go two and three times, which mm. made it the number one film of not only this year, but the last couple of years. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that, one of which it's beautifully written, one of which is it's beautifully directed, but I think it's, and beautifully acted, but I think also um, it's something that spiritually touches uh, uh, Israelis and, and Jews in general uh, at a very deep core and uh, it's got something that is always great for, for audiences, especially these days. It's got comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, we are releasing the film this Friday. I don't know what day this will air, this conversation, but we are releasing it May 26th in New York. Although we've released it already in, in, in Los Angeles and South Florida, uh, where the, the largest Israeli populations in America live, because we wanted to get the film out to them right away. Uh, so we call that our preview release, mm-hmm. and our, our, our uh, major uh, 
uh, opening is, is this Friday, May 26th in New York, and then we'll go around the country from there. And do you know in terms of the Israelis um, that are viewing it, is there any way to um, not, sort of know if it's more secular viewing or sort of like national religious or, you know, I would imagine less of the ultra-Orthodox Israelis are viewing it, but is there any way to de- get a demographic on kind of who's yeah, seeing Yeah, I can this? speak to that because uh, you wouldn't have 450,000 admissions unless everybody had, had seen it. It wouldn't, it mm-hmm. wouldn't be just one group. Right. Um, you know, it, it's... It, it sort of, it, you know, this is what we, you know, that that's the fun side of the film business. I mean, we 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 saw the film at a at a festival, a big festival in Toronto, Toronto uh, International Film Festival, and that was before the Israeli release. So it played in, uh, you know, its first international um, uh, screening was in Toronto. Uh, we loved the film so much we bought it right away, mm-hmm. uh, and then. Uh, uh, the film got released in Israel, and happily for us, it became this great success, which, you know, obviously we didn't expect uh, mm-hmm. or, or think it would be this large a success. And, you know, we've tried to try to create uh, some of the same success that the film had in Israel and the United States. Um, obviously, the ultra-Orthodox probably are not going to see the film because they're not seeing films in general. Uh, and you could speak to that more than I can. Um, but it's a Sephardim theme film. It's a Sephardim community, so I think mm-hmm. uh, um, there there's a, a strong Sephardic uh, population in Israel that's seeing the film. But the Ashkenazi population is seeing it as well. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been successful everywhere, and uh, it, it, it was not expected to be a big hit, but it became mm-hmm. a big hit just by word of mouth. So when you first saw this um, at this film festival. What made you say we got to buy this? This is this is something special. I'm saying I'm sure you you see a lot of films in your line of work. Um, what stood out, um, you know, that made this sort of different in your mind or worth uh, wanting to you know buy and distribute? Well, Alison, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Um, you know, I I, I have, you know I I've made my uh, successes with uh, mostly diaspora stories. Um, mm-hmm. You know, films outside of Israel, uh, you know, French, German, South, uh, Latin American, American, Jewish-themed stories. And the reason I emphasize that is because we're an odd uh, distribution company in the sense that all the films that we work on are Jewish-themed. Mm. Uh, this is this is our company, uh, 100%. Mm-hmm. But about two years ago, uh, I had an old friend of mine, an Israeli distributor, who came up to me uh, at uh, one of the international film festivals, and he said he wanted to move his family to the United States. Uh, And uh, would I help him find a job? And make a long story short, he ended up working with us. And uh, he and I sat next to each other during the screening in in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud to say that, uh, but for him, I probably wouldn't have gotten the film as much as I did. Um... Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he really, uh, uh, really pushed me to acquire the film, um, mm-hmm. and he was 100% right. And I think what I'm trying to say by that is that, um, I mean, because he's Israeli and now living in the United States and, and uh, um, you know, lived his whole life in Israel, I'm not sure that that alone was the reason why he saw the film through a different light. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's just another set of, it could be, of course, but it's, it's another set of eyes that I didn't have before uh, when watching a fil- uh, film that you want to acquire. 
and mm-hmm. um, that you know that became uh, the window into getting excited about this film. I, I'll tell you personally, um, I wasn't sure about the film after the first screening, and now every time I've seen it, it the film has only gotten better. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, to the point, and that's always the best sign for a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the response that. Uh, my colleague here, uh, Odette Horowitz, had to the film had to do with the community and, and the joy uh, that this community uh, depicted. And, and uh, it's it, uh, something that he probably had uh, witnessed in, in, mm-hmm. in Israel mm-hmm. and, and, and thought of it as the best you know, representation of uh, you know, Jewish values. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the fact that he you know, had, had uh, seen communities like this, uh, maybe that was uh, one of the, uh, uh, made him more comfortable with the subject matter because it, it seemed very uh, uh, real, uh, mm-hmm. authentic, you know, authentic and, and, and um, something that, uh, lit, that actually existed. Um, and that, that helped, you know, so the two of us put our heads together back and forth and um, we decided to to, to uh, meet with the producer right after the screening, hmm. and we sat down for a, for a coffee, and we decided that we wanted to, to to buy the movie right away. Now, look, this is the crazy thing about the movie business. You know, um, uh, there were a lot of other distributors there, uh, and you know, from someone who sat with the movie and wasn't sure to. Uh, Sitting with the producer and, and saying we want to acquire the film probably was uh, I don't know half a day, uh, but uh, you know looking at a movie is, is is like a good book. I mean mm-hmm. you could read you know reread and you get more out of a, a really good movie in different layers, and I think that was the process that I went through and I'm continuing to go through that process now even as we uh, release the film you know uh, you know if you count uh, South Florida and L.A. we restarted in March. So now here we are in uh, almost June, so that's four months later. So we, um, just to, so you know, we were the opening film at the Israeli Film Festival in New York, JCC Manhattan, on Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, Enat Serouf and uh, uh, one of the, the, the uh, actresses in the film and the screenwriter, Shlomit Naima, was, were there. And they came in mm-hmm. for about 24 hours. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for the screening, and um, even though I'm in Los Angeles, uh, I have my ear to the ground, and it, it went uh, absolutely beautifully, and um, the audience loved it. So we're really excited about that, um, and we're trying to make the same thing, the same sort of excitement here in America uh, with American Jews uh, that uh, the Israeli Jews uh, responded to in Israel when the film was released. Um, and so the, I'm imagining the crowd of the JCC was mostly a non-Orthodox crowd. Um, mostly a non-Orthodox crowd. Uh, I'm guessing there were some, no, I wouldn't say there's, I know that uh, uh, there were, you know, I know uh, I, I invited some friends of mine, including a cousin of mine who brought seven Orthodox people from his law office. So I know there were Orthodox in the screening. Mm-hmm. Uh and look, we sold out 250 people. I wasn't there, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm sure there was a significant uh, number of Orthodox uh, folks in the audience. Um, you know, there were a lot of uh, Orthodox synagogues up uh, up on the Upper West Side, and you know, I've been talking to all the Orthodox synagogues and all the rabbis of the Orthodox synagogues about the movie in all the five boroughs. Uh, you know, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, mostly. Uh, mm-hmm. 
and uh, especially the Sephardic-based uh, um, uh, synagogues uh, that are also Orthodox, because I, that's the, in some ways the core audience of the film, but it's not the only audience of the film. Mm-hmm. And what do you think makes, I mean, you, know, you heard me talking about at the beginning, what, well, the reason that Jew in the City exists and, you know, what our mission is about in terms of showing authenticity and the stuff that is often missing from a lot of media. Um, I haven't seen the film, but my hunch is that this is an authentic depiction of the Orthodox community. How How is this um, successfully um, conveyed? Because I, I really wish other, um, you know, TV producers and movie producers and directors would take note about what the successful formula is. So... What did this crew do right to give over complex and, and nuanced characters? I think I think it's based on the screenwriter's personal experience, and uh, that that's where the authenticity occurs. Um, and it's so, in that sense, autobiographical from her childhood uh, that that uh, that it's hard to to fake the, the realness of the film. Um, you know, but a film is, you know, is, is, is not just a screenplay, although the screenplay is, a, is the most important. I know from t- a hearing from uh, the four lead actresses and the, and the four lead men in the film, um, this, and you could see it. Uh, if I sent you the making of the film, you would see how much joy went into the making of the film, mm-hmm. uh, which reflects the joy in that community. And I think a lot of the joy of making the film comes out of the fact that it's a happy film, uh, although there's a conflict in the film, with, with great comedy in the film, but love of each one of the characters. Um, what's unique about this film, Allison, and I think this is something that you would really uh, respond to, and I think any viewer would, is that you like every single character in the film, mm-hmm. and that every marriage and relationship in the film is a loving relationship. You know, you'd say to yourself, okay, if that's true, it's probably not authentic. But mm-hmm. it's very believable, because mm-hmm. what's, what's wrapped around the, this loving uh, couple relationship of ma- husband and wife in each of these four couples is this incredibly close-knit, loving community with a rabbi that's really revered. And they mm-hmm. spend a lot of time together as a community, uh, uh, supporting each other and, uh, you know, uh, you know, and being optimistic and, and, and feeling like the world is good. And mm-hmm. um, uh, that, that reinforces, uh, uh, you know, I think the, the happiness in the film, and, 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 it, to me, it, and it comes across as authentic, because mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like small-town America, if I could use that as an analogy, uh, where, you know, the, the, small, the folks in the small town all know each other and like each other. Unless you have a paid in place, of course, but you know, in the, in the classic old American films, you know these, uh, uh, you know that uh, or Hollywood esque, um, you, know, you you have this whole uh, um, myth of uh, the small town where everybody is good and kind, and uh, uh, I'm sure there's some small towns in America that are like that, but uh, more films get made uh, depicting that. But this film. Uh, you know, unlike other films dealing with orthodox uh, si- situations in film, is uh, completely loving, and and mm-hmm. that that's what everybody feels good about in seeing this film. And mm. uh, you know, nobody's perfect, but people instead of 
being critical of people's, you know, uh, idiosyncratic characteristics that the the, the couples and the people uh, adore uh, the uniqueness of of idiosyncratic uh, traits of the people involved, and they feel like a community. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, they eat, they they go to synagogue together, they, they share Shabbat together, they celebrate holidays together in the synagogue, uh, they cook together. Uh, the men meet with each other. Uh, the, the, the couples meet with each other. It, it's it's old-fashioned and biblical in in that way. Uh, but you know, uh, you know, comes from Shlomit's uh, pen, and um, I don't think you can fake that. Right. So it's interesting because. Um Sometimes I get accused of being too positive about what an observant Jewish lifestyle looks like, and I really feel like a lot of what you know I put out and we put out of Jew in the City is based on my experiences and the places that I visited. And what you're describing as sort of old-fashioned America is what I feel like Shabbos feels like in my neighborhood. The kids are running around and playing like they don't do anymore. <laughs> like on the other six days a week, my kids are a little bit too zoned into devices, but on Shabbos they like go out and explore and like, you know, go um, from friend's house to friend's house. We kind of, you know, don't even know where they are half the time. Um, and neighbors come over and, you know, drink lemonade. And it's just such a nice and old fashioned and real and all that's happening. At the same time, um, our work at Jew in the City has spilled into some of the dysfunction in the Orthodox community. And unfortunately, we have now seen places where there is abuse or people are being pressured into marriage, you know, arranged marriages or, you know, things that were so beyond what I'd ever experienced. And now kind of seeing that stuff happening in real life is horrifying. And I trying to figure out, you know, sort of how do we help these people get the positive feel-good kind of uh, observant Judaism. But I feel like so often the stories that we see get made in the movies is about the forced marriage and about the abusive husband and really all that awful dysfunctional stuff that certainly needs to be fixed and certainly needs to change. But um, it's so frustrating that Unfortunately, that's what so many people associate with a community when that stuff is not who we actually are. That stuff is, you know, foreign stuff and outside stuff that that crept in. Um, So I really um, I appreciate that a movie, you know, has been made to capture kind of bottle up all that goodness of um, a healthy and functioning observing community because. I don't think that there's enough of that out there. Um, do you Have you seen any other, um, I guess, movies of a similar genre? Like I'm saying, I mentioned a few that I've I was seen, thinking I've of that every, I did this well. I've, every movie that you mentioned in the intro, I've seen. Um, my job is to see every Israeli and every Jewish-themed movie in the world each year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's, that's, that, that's what my craft is. Got it. So, uh, you know, I, I've seen them all. So... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and I think I could speak to uh, some of the issues that you talk about. I think, um, uh, you know, Ushbazin or, or uh, Fill the Void were, were, you know, two wonderful films. Um, and when they first came out, I think uh, some of the success of the film were that you were showing a world that people hadn't seen uh, uh, in their, their day-to-day lives. They were being seen by other American Jews or... Mm-hmm. non-Jews, and uh, they were, you know, beautifully portrayed. Uh, and some of the interest uh, in the communities was that they had never, you know, they were watching a, a community that they had, had no uh, experience with. However, um, I think 
and, and then I saw the wedding plan this weekend, so that's mm-hmm. another situation. But in this film, um, I think that a lot of the film w- was originally created for the 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 community, the people f- that care about and maybe are from the communities that are reflected in the film. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks that. Uh, this was almost like a uh, home movie in the sense that it was going to be shown to uh, Orthodox uh, Sephardic uh, groups uh, who uh, would revel in the film uh, because it's so, uh, you know, enjoyable. Uh, but what happens usually when films are very good is that, uh, you know, other people from other uh, uh, audiences start to be interested in the film uh, and they hear word of mouth uh, about the film, and I think that's sort of what happened here. I, I, th- I think um, um, th- this was a, a small film originally, and uh, almost a film written and done by people for themselves on some level, mm-hmm. uh, because they feel so, felt so good about it. And, um, you know, it, it just the, you know, the final product... Uh, you know, had so many, uh, uh, so much uh, love in it, and mm-hmm. and so much art in it that um, it it uh, expanded beyond the, the core audience because the film was originally made in Israel with all English, all Israeli money, uh, not for the international market. Mm. So uh, you know, this is the little film that could. I mean, it's. Uh, um, it's it's and I can tell you that the filmmakers never expected the film to be released in America or sold to America. So mm-hmm. this is all great news for for you know and surprising for the people involved with the movie. Okay, so tell us the frame. So it already came out in Israel a couple of years ago, but it's sort of making its way through no, no, the world not right now. A couple now. years ago, it, came, it started in October. Okay, uh, right. and played it in the, in the theaters uh, into January, February, or March. In Israel, just a, two, a couple of months ago, um, because remember the Toronto Film Festival was September, and then the okay. film was released uh, actually uh, uh, around the High Holy Days in Israel uh, in October, mm-hmm. and uh, just continued to stay in the theaters week after week mm-hmm. after week uh, into uh, you know February and March, and uh, that's when we started to release the film. Got it. And so it's already, when did it come out? You said you had an L.A. release so far? Yeah, we opened the movie in, in Los Angeles on um, March 3rd. That was our first uh, city. And we are based mm-hmm. in Los Angeles. Um, and uh, we know the community very well here. There's a large Israeli uh, community here. And we wanted to start here and build, uh, you know, uh, love for the film uh, with the, the most core audience that the film is uh, meant to be. And it turned out to be a good idea because, uh, if, you know, we got a wonderful review in the L.A. Times. And, matter of fact, we were the critics' pick of the week of the L.A. Times. Hmm. And then in Florida, we played it in uh, all over South Florida, but we did especially well in a place called Allison Aventura, where there are a lot mm-hmm. of Is- Israelis living. And, um, you know, the, it, it, we think of it, as, um, you know, we don't think of it too, necessarily as two separate countries. You know, if, if the film is playing in October all the way through March, 
in Israel, and we start in March in two very heavily populated Israeli communities, it's almost an extension of the Israeli release. Uh, however, we found something very interesting. Um, we found that the film played really well to American Jews as much as it did to, to the Israelis that live here. And so that made us uh, more uh, uh, confident about bringing the film out uh, in the rest of the country. And that's how we're treating the film now as a film, uh, you know, not necessarily for Israelis, not necessarily for Orthodox, not necessarily for Sephardic, and not necessarily only for Jews. So cool. we're hoping we, that... We, actually uh, we have to sorry, we have to just wrap up right now. If you could just tell our listeners quickly, um, how can they find the yeah. film near them? Okay. We, what's the easiest way to find the film near you, near near where you live, is to go on to the Menemsha website, www.menemshafilms.com, and you'll see the, uh, where the film is releasing in your local theater. And um, it will play all over the country in the top 25 cities. So it's going to be easy to find. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for believing in a film that depicts happiness in an observant Jewish life because we don't see enough of that depicted on screens. Um, and thank you all for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week. Bye-bye.